Well, today you're in for a real treat. My guest today is Bryson DeChambeau from Clovis, California. Bryson went to SMU, has had a very successful golf career. He was the NCAA amateur champion, as well as a seven-time PGA Tour winner, and having a very successful career. But we also love to talk to Bryson about his foundation, about his purpose that he has in his life. And I think you'll see a little different side of Bryson through our conversation today. So welcome to the show, Bryson. Well, today I'm so excited to have a special guest with us. Bryson DeChambeau is our partners and one of the people we look to on our golf team. And we've had the pleasure of knowing Bryson for quite some time because he did play golf at SMU in Dallas, even though he's originally from California. So welcome to the show today, Bryson. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I am interested how a young man from Clovis, California, playing golf there, came to SMU. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got to SMU? Yeah, it's a great story. I was growing up, had no money growing up, no nothing. Uh, we were lucky enough to play in some events in California. I was able to go to Junior World. I qualified for that a few years uh-huh. uh, in a row and played pretty well for some of the years. And I was lucky enough that California State Junior was at Fort Washington Golf Club where a place I was really comfortable with. It was only like 15, 20 minutes from my house. And I won that, gave me a little bit of notoriety uh, among the college coaches. And then I went and played well at Junior Worlds and finished second. That day, I remember seeing this one coach out there with this hat, this pony hat on. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. It's a you know, Mustang and okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know who that is. <laughs> who is that? I had no right. idea. Yeah. And so Josh was, uh, Josh Gregory was uh, watching me that day and he literally called me after and goes, Hey, Bryson, I want to offer you a full ride. And I'm like, what? Wow. Like, it was crazy. It was right out of the blue. I had no idea. And, you know, I had gotten a lot of great offers from other colleges, but there was, there was no, no full ride. And, you know, growing up with really nothing, I needed a full ride. And yeah. that was uh, the best school that was offering me a full ride. And I said, okay, let's, let's, let's give it a go. And, Sure enough, I didn't even go visit the campus before I verbally committed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's crazy. So when I actually went there, uh, I verbally committed, obviously, and, and I went there and I saw Payne Stewart up on the wall. And I did right. not know that he went to SMU until wow. that day. Yeah, I had no idea. And so I looked up, I saw him, I saw the hat, I saw everything. And I'm like, this is it. This can't be coincidence. This has got to be the place for me. And so from then on out, I, I, I committed and stayed true to my word and uh, went to SMU and played some pretty good golf. And I've been here in Dallas ever since. and I love it. And I'll stay here for the rest of my life. Oh, that's such a great story. I didn't realize that myself that you didn't even know what the campus was like and moving to Dallas. No, no, it was yeah. a total uh, just I guess it was on the whim of, of, of a strike. I just wanted to go somewhere where I felt like they, they cared about me and Josh really cared about me. So I don't care what you do. As long as you're playing good golf, you're getting good grades. I don't care what you do. You're going to, you're going to be successful. And Dallas is a great place and you can experience a lot of fun things. So I said, all right, let's do it. That is so great. Well, you know, you're kind of known uh, out in the community as like, you know, the scientist and the, you know, the person who looks at that. And so I am interested in that because a lot of people talk about, and I'm going to use the word smart, how smart you are and that, you know, how you use your book smart to help you with your game of golf. So did that help you in that, in that area? Uh, Yeah. I would say that being book smart is, is, has helped me a lot. It's funny growing up. I always struggled memorizing things. I had a very bad short-term memory and, and I I even did an IQ test uh, recently, a couple of years ago, and it showed that 
I'm not the best with short-term memory. <laughs> I knew that. But there was other other skill sets that I had that, that really allowed me to persevere and and be successful in, in, in life and in school. And it was a, a lot of determination, resiliency. And one of the most interesting, interesting things is that you've got a pretty good spatial reasoning, see things in a different way and, and look at it in a different way and uh, take in all the variables and make a action on those variables. So space is they call it spatial reasoning, but it's a, it's a pretty unique trait that uh, not too many people have. I think in my head a lot. You know, if ah. you look at it, a guy like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Chris Como, he's the yeah. same way. Or, yeah. you know, you, you look at somebody that like, like even an Elon Musk or somebody like that, they're always thinking kind of in their head and they're always reasoning and trying to figure out ways to figure out whatever it is they're trying to figure out. So, you know, for being book smart, I guess, you know, I, I was good at figuring out how to get good grades uh, by right. studying long hours and working really hard. Uh, whereas other kids could just memorize things and, and get, get better grades than me because they just memorize hard. But it didn't mean that, that they were going to be more successful or whatnot. And so what I learned from a very early age is it wasn't about how good at memorizing you were or anything. It was more about how you could solve the issue and solve the problem. Right. And that's that's ultimately what I came to the conclusion of when I went to school is, is how can I uh, solve these issues uh, in school that that for other people would be really easy, but we're not easy for me. And so I always work twice as hard as people and right. that over into golf. So now that's you look so at it awesome. from a golf perspective. Yeah. That's why I work so hard. That's why I'm as dedicated as I am. And I'm a decent problem solver. I'm able to figure things out that, that other people sometimes can't rationalize. Uh, and it's through a lot of failure. I mean, my, my failures are what have made me successful without your failures. You don't understand what your successes are. That's the way I look at life in a sense of, you know, ha- and, and having a purpose and having uh, this, this foundation of failure is my uh, keys to success. And I think people don't realize that enough that your failures are, aren't going to define you. How you react off of those failures will define you. And I think that's right. the most important thing that you have to look at. And, you know, I, I am somebody that loves to figure things out. I wouldn't be where I am today without God, what, what he's done for me to be able to allow me to do things and persevere on. And, and I ask him all the time, like, what's the next step? How do I do, do this next step? And ultimately an answer presents itself when I keep moving forward. And so I have a lot of background and, and, and I would say, you know, my mom, belief, trust, care from different sources that allow me to keep pushing forward no matter the problem that comes at hand. Yeah, I think one of the things I hear you saying is that, you know, it's it's great to have this ability to reason and figure out things, but without that faith that comes along with it, it's yeah. just, it, it has to, goes hand in hand to help you there, have some of those successes. Yeah, there's a reason, you know, because without believing and, and having faith, there's no real reason why to do something other than, okay, maybe I'm doing good for humanity. Great, you know, but right. there's not this, this pull to do better and want to do better. You know, my charity work, I want to do amazing things in education. I think there's so much room for improvement in the American education system. You know, you have the Kidney Foundation I'm supporting. Uh, so I have three pillars with, with my charity. It's junior golf, health, and education. Yeah. And all three is just as important, but I want to help change the world education system. I think it's, and even just America's education system. I think there's a better way to do it. I've got a lot of ideas. I won't go into detail about that. I want to know a little detail, though, because I am intrigued. I am intrigued yeah. because, listen... This is about how, you know, you can make a difference and your foundation gives you that platform. So I am a little interested. Yeah, absolutely. One of the main key factors is that you're learning what you love. So, for example, and there's been a lot of talks about about how you do it is very complicated uh, most of the time. This way, the way I'm I'm prescribing is, is a way that's fun, efficient, and it works for every every party. Mm -hmm. So when you look at education, two biggest questions are 
to kids, you know, what do you want to do when, when you're out of college? Do you know, do you know what you want to do when you're out of college? And most of the time people don't have an answer, right? you know, and, and when they're growing up, they have trouble focusing. So those are the two biggest issues, two biggest questions at hand for education that we have mm-hmm. on hand, other than, than some bureaucracy stuff, but that's a totally different issue. So when you ask a kid a question, what's your favorite thing to do? Right. And they go, oh, I like riding a bike. Well, how awesome would it be to teach every single subject matter going first through, you know, through first grade through 12th grade, even through college about riding a bike, you know, or about <laughs> biking, about anything, because you can learn reading, writing, history, math, science, technology, right. everything about a bike. I mean, that's that everything in life has a subject matter to it, attached to it. Right. And so it's the context at which you learn those subject matters that, that matters the most. So when you give a kid the ability to learn about something they love, one, you fix their focus, and two, you fix the what they want to do when they want to get, get out of college. I think those are the most important things in education that are not being taught today. It's this rudimentary childcare sort of system. Right. And that's not what it should be, especially when we're trying to develop our future generation. You know, growing up as a kid, the reason why I came up with this is I was 15 and I got handed this, this golfing machine book. And I essentially said to myself, oh my gosh, I can learn about my favorite thing through physics, through math, through science. Well, why can't I learn about golf through reading, writing, history? It it just clicked to me. And I'm like, this is the way people need to learn because it kept me engaged. and I was able to remember things way easier. So that's kind of where it started. And I've developed Uh this hypothesis and this theory ever since. And and it seems like it's just been more and more defined. And it's going to take time. I'm going to have to go to the state and local officials to be able to implement something like this. It's going to start off probably more along the lines of a charter school first and, and, and see how it works and then go up to higher levels from there. But Right. And I really I really think this is a better way to do it because not only does it keep the kids engaged, when the kids stay engaged, the teachers right. have more fun teaching it. So right. that that's that's this is um self-sustaining benefit to this whole process. So that's that's where I look at this whole education system is is a big problem. And I think it, there's an answer to it. Yeah, I think that's interesting you said it because my oldest son is uh he he loved motocross at the time, and my the teacher he had said told him, I don't care what you read, read about motocross all day long. But that helped him learn to love to read because it was about something he liked to do. Yeah. So I think I I have some input on that, that that was really helpful for him when he was going through school. So that's great to hear. We've talked a little bit about Bryson's passion for education, for the Kidney Foundation, as well as junior golf. So we're proud to partner with Bryson and the Bryson DeChambeau Foundation. The Bryson DeChambeau Charitable Foundation supports junior golf initiatives to help grow the game, improve lives around the world through the support of leading health organizations, and provides a new pathway to education through students' preferred passions. The Bryson DeChambeau Foundation supports the Shriners Hospitals for Children, Northern California Golf Association, and the National Kidney Foundation. To learn more, visit BrysonDeChambeau.com. That's B-R-Y-S-O-N-D-E-C-H-A-M-B-E-A-U.com. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Bryson DeChambeau, professional golfer. So I do, I watch you sometimes at tournaments and things like that when you are with kids and you do have a special knack for really listening to them and and making Mm -hmm. them feel welcome. And I want to know where that kind of comes from. So that came from 2003 Save March shootout. My dad was the general manager of Riverbend Golf Club. They had the Save March shootout there this, that year. And I was just this kid, this 11-year-old kid, 10, yeah. 10 and 11-year-old kid that came out there to these uh, see these touring pros for the first time. And every single touring pro was 
incredibly nice to me. They were all, Hey buddy, how you doing? You know, as a general manager's kid. Right. So it's not, right. so it, it, I, I was lucky in that regard that they were, they were all incredibly nice to me because I got to meet them you know, the behind the scenes, the whole deal. And every single one was nice. You know, I remember meeting Lee Trevino who I'm friends with now at a Dallas national and, you know, Arnold Palmer, even at that young of an age, Annika Sorenstam and uh, Lorraine Ochoa, and just, just a bunch of amazing golfers. Right. Uh, at a very young age. And it stuck with me how nice they were to me. And I said, if I'm ever, if I ever get on tour, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And that's what's stuck with me ever since they're the future. Uh, I remember being that, that young, young, young of a kid. And if they would have reacted differently to me, I might've done something different. You know, you, you don't right. know. And so being positive and, and really shining the light and giving a kid hope is yep. the best thing you could ever do for a kid. It inspires them to keep going in, in the right direction and focuses them in the right way. Well, I have to compliment you because like I said, I've, I've had the pleasure of watching you at a couple of things I've seen in person, but your ability to talk with them and make them feel like they're a part of something is really a natural gift. So I want to thank you for that. And I think that's thank really you. important that people may not know that about you. Like I said, I think people saw you, like I said, I, I watched the Super Bowl and I saw, I said, my God, Bryson was everywhere in the Super Bowl. But then I also remember those times when I got to watch him uh, interact with kids that we had at events or whatever. And that to me is what makes a big difference and that you had that ability. So thank you for doing that. That's awesome. What a great yeah. gift you have. Thank you. So, I appreciate it. And, and one other thing too on that is that that's the reason why I support a lot of junior golf in my charity. So so that's that's the main root reason why is because I care. They're our future, 100%. Yeah. They are. And the Kidney Foundation, tell me why, why the Kidney Foundation. About yeah, yeah, absolutely. My dad has diabetes and okay. he unfortunately had to go through dialysis about five, six, seven years ago, almost now. And he was okay. on it for about three years, which being on it for three years, I mean, it's a long time. A high chance of dying after three years. He was going any longer. And his good friend, Ron Bankafir from high school, it was a perfect match for kidneys. Somehow it just happened. He said, I want to give you my kidney. And uh, this is after an event with the National Kidney Foundation. And before that, I'll go back a little bit to Mike Watney, who is the head coach of the Fresno State men's Bulldogs team, golf, golf Bulldogs team. He uh, also offered his kidney up, but they weren't a match. And so from then on out, they were all trying to find my dad a kidney, which is great. Uh -huh. And Ron Bankavir came down from Winnemucca, Nevada, or I think he was in somewhere in Nevada. And it came down that they, they were high school Hollister friends in California on the golf team. And, and he came down to one of these events. And after hearing this whole spiel, he said, John, I want to give you a kidney. And he's like, wow. Oh my gosh, what the heck? That's, that's incredible. Um, wow. And so they went through a couple day process of figuring out if the kidney would work and it was a perfect match. And the national kidney foundation helped out with that. And so they saved my dad's life. You know, they helped uh, elongate his life for quite a while he's still here he's doing well and you know he's uh going to keep working hard to, to keep everything healthy and it's pretty cool to see uh, how just a small gift you know it's, and it's not small but it's just a small thought can go such a long way and i think that's what the national kidney foundation is about is just somebody being selfless completely selfless and 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 having somebody be completely self selfless is something that's so inspirational to me that i felt like there was a massive need to help out in that regard yeah. and that's why i do support the foundation. So oh, I think that's, I mean, what a great story of someone who just self said, I just want to do this for you and, and could. And so made that, that gift to your father. What, and it what a gift. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Life, that's awesome. Gave the gift of life. That's, what, that's what they do. Can't do any more than that. Right. No. So that's no. awesome. So, I mean, I think those are things that, you know, like I said, people may, may or may not know about you is that your fulfillment is about doing more than, than golf. Like I said, I don't, mm. I don't want to take away thing away from your 
extraordinary golf career, but it is more than that for you. And I just want people to know that about you uh, when they see you out there. I do want to ask you a question because you have had some great success on the golf course as, as well, but I want to know what advice you would give to I'm going to say young men, but really the young people today, because, you know, you've, you've gone from college, very successful college career to a very successful, you know, pro career. What advice would you give to young people today that are looking to be, you know, what success means? Well, success stems from failure. Know that. Mm-hmm. Know that failure is an important part. And whenever you do fail, because it will happen when you're trying to be successful, know that it's okay first off. Second off, learn from it. You have to learn from your failures. If you don't know what you did, go try and figure out what you did. It's the most important thing. You know, Thomas Edison failed thousands of times trying to figure out how to invent the light bulb. It only took one time for it to be right. So he found a lot of times how not to make a light bulb. That's the same thing with golf and in business and life in general and school. You fail enough times and you're resilient, you'll eventually figure out what makes it right and what makes you successful. So that's the most important thing is failure is the biggest key to success. You have to be comfortable with failing. That's great. I think that's good advice. And, and you have to be willing to try. I mean, you, you, know, you can't fail if you don't try, right? So that's right. kind that's of right. stick your neck out there and go, I'm going to try this and, and have some failure. So exactly. I think that's a great, I think it's a great thing to put it. We, we sometimes look at people who are going through the, our younger generation growing up and go, we don't want them to fail because we want to protect them. But sometimes right. that's what makes us stronger, right? A hundred percent. That is one of the most important things my parents and my golf coach, Mike Shai, growing up did for me. Yeah. You know, they, they let me fail. They go, you know what? We're not going to try and control you. You can do what you do. Just make sure you learn from every failure. Obviously, yeah. there's things that you can protect your kid from. <laughs> exactly. But when it comes to golf and failing in golf, I mean, that's totally fine. When it comes yeah. to you know, riding a bike and failing a few times. Okay. Just make sure you don't break anything. Right. Right. Or right. Uh, whatever it is. Right. You, you, there, there are obviously boundaries, but for the most part, in order to be successful, you have to be comfortable with failing. And from those failures, if you can learn from them, the quicker you can learn from your failures, the quicker you are to succeed. So, yeah, I think the word that you just said that was, you just, you use the word comfortable with failure. I mean, it sounds like an oxymoron. It's like comfortable with failure. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. sound right, right? But it's the truth. You have to get some comfort with not always having immediate mm-hmm. success. I'll give right? you a great example. Last week, you know, I, I hit it all over the place. My driver and irons were everywhere. And, and it was the case of, you know, I tried something beforehand and I was gaining a lot of speed, which was great with my golf game, but I didn't know how to control it yet. And so right now I'm trying to rein it back and learn how to control that before I can keep moving forward. And so there are things that, that occur in life where you're just not, it's not going to just be this perfect curve upwards. Right. It's going to be a up, down, up, down, up sort of motion, but you have that all those lows. Those are your failures. You're even on the descending part of the curve. You're starting to fail and, and things are failing. Right. And then you yeah. get to a certain point where like, Oh, I'm learning. Okay. That's how you do yeah. it. And you go up. So that's really the way it works in life. That's awesome. That's a, it's a great way to look at it. And I think that's great advice for for anyone that's, it's growing up. I do want to ask you, you know, we talked about your golf, but I, I want to know what you're hopeful for, for your life. What are you hopeful for that you wake up in the morning that makes you energetic, that makes you want to get out of bed and go, I'm going to do this today. Yeah. I, I personally want to inspire the next generation. Mm -hmm. to be innovative, to think differently, to be comfortable with failure, to know that, you know, there's more to life than 
just whatever you're you're passionate about. I mean, that there is a bigger purpose to this whole thing. You know, there is the thought process of you know you're doing it not just for for yourself, but you're doing it for somebody that's bigger than all of us. And I think those are the most important things that I can hopefully provide for the world is that there is a purpose to all of this and you have to be comfortable with going through tough times and persevering because that provides inspiration and hope to a lot of people. Yeah. So, so true. It's, it's exactly what we should be talking about. So that's what you're going to be remembered for, huh, Bryson, is that you persevered? Yeah, perseverance and dedication. Those are the yeah. two biggest things. I grew up, I was just this nobody kid growing up with no money from Clovis, California, and worked really hard to gain uh, confidence in myself to become successful. Right. I think that's great because it doesn't mean that, you know, coming from money or not coming from money, you still had to put the work in. It's all yep. about the work, no matter what you're doing. So that yep. that's great to hear. Well, I, I really appreciate it. I, I've been so enjoyed talking to with you today. And I'm glad that some people are going to get to hear a little bit different story about you. Congratulations on your career, of course. Outstanding. But also congratulations on being just a, a fine man and, and giving Thank back you. to the community. We really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. It was an honor being on. Thank you.